Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that I told you that the message I kept hearing from so many different places for those first couple of years after my daughter Becca died, I kept hearing the message, don't do, just be. And like I ended the podcast last week, I do believe it is a message we all need at some point when we're working our way out of the darkness and back into the light. And I want to continue a bit more on this topic today about resting in the Lord. One day during that time, I was reading Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, which is probably a familiar verse to many of you. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And he does go on to say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I know we may feel like, okay, what you laid on me with the death of my child, that's just not true. Maybe we'll address that some other podcast episode. But right now, I want to read this in a different version called the Message Bible. I like to read the Bible in different versions because it can open my eyes to see a meaning that I may have missed in a version that I'm used to reading. So let me read the same scripture to you from the Message Bible. It says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, there are so many theological teachings on what Jesus meant by this scripture, including what it meant for Jesus as a rabbi to say this to his students. But when I read this back then, just a couple months after Becca died, what I felt like being spoken to me was that being yoked together with Jesus is being yoked to that place of rest. And God actually began to apply that revelation to my life within the next couple of weeks when I first saw that. I met a man whom God uses to speak into people's lives. And as he began to pray over me, he reached up his hands and started brushing off my shoulders. And he said God was showing him there was a heaviness on me, but it wasn't from anything I had done myself. It was from things that had been put on me. And he did not know anything about me. He didn't know Becca had just died. He didn't know anything. And he told me that I needed to get away and go on a cruise. And I kind of laughed, but he insisted that he was serious, that I needed to go away on a cruise. And I had no intention of doing so. Now, my husband and I, we love cruises, but that just seemed a bit strange to me. And so I, I wasn't planning on doing that. But just a few days later, the subject came up again with somebody else. And so I decided, well, maybe I should look into this. And I brought it up to Dave and he agreed it was actually a good idea to send me off on a trip where I could try to relax and to try to process our daughter's death away from home. So six weeks after I buried my daughter, 
I went off by myself to the Caribbean for a five-day cruise. And I did some journaling on the trip, and I want to read the first entry to you. And it says, well, my adventure of rest, quotes, has started. This will be the first trip where I don't have Becca's health on my mind. Now, let me just pause and explain that. I was an international children's minister, and especially uh, when Becca had these heart issues, when they uh, really started escalating, it was really hard to leave home because she was constantly, you know, it was that fear of getting a call. I was going to have to rush back home, and I wouldn't be there for something that she needed uh, physically. And and uh, so this was the first trip where I didn't have Becca's health on my mind in many years. I know where she is, and she is safe. As I sit here writing, waiting for my plane to take off, I realize this is the first time ever in my life that I'm going somewhere and absolutely no one is depending on me for anything. No one is expecting anything from me. I don't know what to think about that. How do I think? How do I act? This is going to be so very weird. Will I totally feel like a fish out of water? I'm having a hard time not tearing up just thinking about it. Now, the next day, I found myself sitting on the front of the ship waiting to pull out of port in Miami, and I was crying, and I was texting Dave that I had no idea what I was going to do for five days. How do I do nothing for five days? I was like the Energizer Bunny. That's I just thrive on busyness and, and that kind of a thing. At least I used to. And my loving husband sent back an ROFL, a roll on the floor laughing, saying I'm probably the only person who could be in tears about being on a vacation to do absolutely nothing. So here is my next journal entry. It says, I'm on my balcony getting ready for the ship to pull out. I can hardly stand this feeling of being cut off from everyone for four days. I was actually crying on the upper deck before I got my room. I feel so very alone, and the tears are just running. Why is there such deep-rooted sadness and sorrow and pain? Where does it come from? And how am I supposed to get past it if I don't know the source? Now, those of you listening, you may feel like, what is wrong with her? But I, for so many years, all of my adult life, living a victorious Christian life is kind of like who I am. Even my name, Laura, means victory, victorious. And, uh, and I have pretty much lived up to my name most of my life. But the death of my daughter really took me out. And I was struggling with why am I not just getting the victory over this and moving forward? I know where my daughter is and uh, you know that kind of a thing. And so now I look at this and I do see how ridiculous those questions were. But I was trying so hard to walk out my faith in victory and I didn't have anyone who'd lost a child. I didn't have anyone to help me sort out this confusion and say it's okay that, that uh, you're struggling here. I couldn't see. I didn't know that this was just a natural part of grieving, especially only being a few weeks out from the trauma of my child's death. Now, quite often when I journal, especially when I ask God a question, I'll write down the words that come into my mind, which I believe is God answering me. And I, the reason I, I feel like this is true is because when I find myself writing like that, there are words and there are insights that I would not have or could not have thought on my own. And I want to read you what I wrote the next day on the ship, along with the response I wrote as I heard God spoke to my heart. 
What I wrote is, Father, my thoughts are all over the place this morning, and most of it is based on feelings. I don't feel strong. I don't feel like a warrior. I don't feel joy. I used to absolutely love having a busy life. I thrived on it, but now I just don't want to do much of anything. I don't feel like, there it is again, this is who I am supposed to be, but I feel, again, stuck in this place. I am not in that black hole of depression, but I am still not functioning in a normal way. What do I do? Now, looking back, I was still in that black hole of depression. It's just I wasn't in the very bottom of the pit, you know, when everything first happened, but I was still very in a very, very dark place. So this is what I wrote that I heard that I felt in my heart God was responding to me. Laura, you have heard me speak to you several times not to push yourself right now. There is a timing and a purpose for this. Don't try to force things right now with things like fasting. You are still wounded. I don't have those kinds of expectations on you right now. All I've asked you to do is keep coming to me, and you have. What you do with the rest of your time is pretty much up to you. Relax, read, sleep, go for walks, do a little work. You are okay. It is all okay. You are still having a hard time not doing and just being. Don't make the mistake of pushing yourself and putting yourself on a schedule. Just enjoy being who you are and enjoy being free. I love you with a fierce love, and I'm here for you totally and completely. Just rest in my totally abandoned love for you, and don't think about, concern yourself with, or worry about anything else. Instead of feeling guilty about being free, you should be feeling guilty about trying to do what you think others think or expect you to do. Be free, my child. Be totally and completely free in me. Now, what God was telling me in trying to encourage me to be free was not to have the guilt of, uh, you know, Lord, I should be spending more time with you. And when I spend time with you, I should be reading so much, you know, this much in my Bible every day, or I should be spending this much time in prayer and praying for my other kids and praying for this and, and you know, reading this spiritual book. And uh, I was really good at trying to follow all the rules that a good Christian should do in my quiet time and my time alone with him. You know, too often we think that great faith is making something happen with our prayers. But really, I think the greatest faith is when we can trust God in the darkness of the storms, when it's so dark that we cannot see him, we can't hear him, we can't feel him. I want you to think about Jesus on the cross. Remember when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, Jesus was repeating David's words in the book of Psalms. And we know that God never left David. God says he never leaves or forsakes us. And a lot of times we think, well, God did turn his back on Jesus because he was carrying all the sin of anybody who's ever lived on the cross that day. And so, of course, God turned his back on him because God cannot be around sin. And let me just real quick share with you, it is our guilt and our shame that separates us from God, not our sin. 
because if our sin is what separated us from God, when Adam and Eve sinned, God would not have come down into the garden looking for them. It was their guilt and their shame. They're hiding from God, feeling like they didn't measure up. They did. They knew they had done something wrong. It was that guilt and the shame. It is our guilt and our shame that separates us from God. It's not the sin itself. Jesus paid the price for that. And so when Jesus said, my God, why have you forsaken me? God hadn't forsaken him, but he was in such a dark, dark, dark place that he could not feel his father God anymore. And that was the first time Jesus had ever, ever, ever experienced that. And so I think that is what happens to us. We are in such a dark place that we can't see him and we can't feel him. Remember last week when I said it's a process to learn how to rest in God? learning how to just be instead of feeling like we need to be doing something. I want to go on here and show you how I progressed by reading you what I wrote about two and a half years later after Becca died. What I wrote, it says, This morning I just had to get to my prayer room, and there's been such a sweetness of just wanting to be here with them. I finally put my finger on it. It's the contentment of surrender. I almost feel guilty for not being agitated or in some sort of emotional pain. But right now there's such a peace and contentment, which is very unnatural. And yet it should be natural. And I pray it has become a natural part of my life. I was just thinking that I am truly starting to learn to live from the spiritual part of my being. Christ in me and I in him and not out of my emotions or flesh. I always thought I did a pretty good job at that, but I think the difference is walking in obedience and actually living it by tapping into who God is in me. Holy Spirit, help me to get to that point. Show me what are the incredibly good things that have happened because of all these trials and times of deep brokenness. So at that point, I wrote a list of 18 things that God has been able to work in me through the darkness, like becoming much less judgmental of others, learning it's okay to be broken and to be a Christian and a Christian leader, experiencing the love and grace of God in a much deeper way than I ever had before, becoming uh, much more free of what man thinks of me, enjoying just being in his presence and just resting and letting him love on me and not feeling guilty that I wasn't doing anything, like reading my Bible or praying long prayers. I was able to see how I was growing in this when my son-in-law dropped off four plastic tubs on our front porch. They were full of things that he no longer wanted, taking up space in his garage. Two of the bins held Becca's collection of snow buddies she put out every Christmas, and one had all of her cassette tapes and CDs, and one contained a lot of odds and ends, such as medical items used during her last year and a half of life, some beautiful photo scrapbooks Becca had spent hours on including her wedding album and even one of our granddaughter's birth and the first few years of her life. But the thing that left me in a crying mess for the next few days was when I discovered her wedding dress smashed in the bottom of that one bin. It felt so cruel, so careless, like she was no longer wanted or even to be remembered that she existed My thought was that my daughter's life has been reduced to four plastic bins. But instead of allowing myself to to go in that direction and, and feel sorry for myself and take that dive down back into depression and darkness, I told myself the truth. 
Her life was much bigger than those four bins, but it was another door of finality I had to painfully work through and once again make a conscious decision to rest in who God is or who he was within that circumstance. At the beginning, when Becca died, I felt like I had been thrown into a deep, dark pit, and eventually I realized it didn't really matter how I got into that pit as far as God wanting to be my shepherd to get me out. I knew I had two choices. I could either try to climb and crawl my way out by myself. Actually, there were three choices, or I could just stay there and feel sorry for myself and live the rest of my life in darkness in a shell just waiting to die. Or I could call out for God to come and carry me out. And I chose to let God carry me and to learn how to just be and be okay with fighting to learn how to rest in Him in my place of darkness. And I hope you make the same choice. Much of what I shared this week and last week came from my book, When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. We are running a special this month since it's National Bereaved Parents Month. If you buy this book, When Tragedy Strikes, you will get your choice of another one of my books for only $5. So that's $20 for two books, and I will sign them before we ship them out to you. So if you're interested in that special, just go to the store on our website, gpshope.org, click on the store, and you'll find the book specials there. Go to the books. I also have a link to the store in our show notes to the special. Also, in case you didn't know, I have three guidance courses based on this book, When Tragedy Strikes. Each session has a short video where I share with you more in depth about the topics in the book. And the three guidance courses are, the first one is how do I even start to rebuild my life? The second one is working through the darkness. And the third one is looking toward my future. You can find more information about these courses, uh, the lessons within the courses and all of those things at gpshope.org slash WTS course. It stands for When Tragedy Strikes. So just go to gpshope.org slash WTS course, or once again, I will have a link to that page of information in the show notes. Now, I mentioned the cruise that I went on, and since that time, it was such an incredible thing for me to just be able to do whatever I needed to do, whenever I needed to do it. It brought such a measure of healing to me. I think it laid such a good foundation for the healing process that I needed after the death of Becca that I felt like every grieving parent should do this, should just go on a cruise and just be, just learn how to just be because it really did help me with that. And when God started forming GPS Hope, Grieving Parents Sharing Hope as a ministry with my husband and I, I thought I have got to find a way to get parents on a cruise. And so for several years, I've been wanting to do that and we are finally able to do it. And I'm so excited. And I want to share that with you right now. Do you wish you could spend time with others who have also lost a child? Just be able to take your mask off and hang out with others who get it? Would you like to get away for a few days having no responsibilities, including cooking and cleaning, and just be? 
Want to attend a grief retreat to help with a measure of needed healing? Do you like to travel to beautiful tropical destinations? Well, GPS Hope is joining the Grief Cruises Seminar at Sea Program, which is the only onboard programming created specifically for grieving families. It doesn't matter how much time has passed since the loss of your child or the age of your child when he or she passed. Some of the activities going on will be daily workshops with educational and captivating grief presenters, small group circles of hope specific to your type of loss. There will be a candle walk and night of remembrance on one of the decks to honor our children and those we've lost. Our group dinners will be reserved in a section of the dining room where we'll be able to sit together when we eat our meals musical performances, arts and crafts, and more. Plus, the live entertainment on the ship, shore excursions, and incredible food of a five-star cruise. This cruise seminar is for any type of loss, grandchildren, siblings, spouse, parents, and GPS Hope will have several workshops at this seminar specifically for bereaved parents. It's December 5th through the 11th of this year, 2021. You can put down a deposit and make payments up through September 21st, and you can get a full refund on your cabin until September 21st. Get all the information, including the itinerary and the prices, at gpshope.org cruise. If you sign up through our website, you'll also be helping us continue providing support and resources for grieving parents because GPS Hope will receive a portion of your seminar fee. So go to gpshope.org cruise for all the information. Let your family and friends know about it. And Dave and I hope to see you in December on the ship. I really hope you will check this out, that you won't just say nah, that you'll at least check it out. Look at the page, find the information and the details, and even more, I hope to meet you on that cruise and to spend a week with you together as a fellow periver. You can check it out on our website, gpshope.org cruise, or there will be a link in the show notes. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthdays. Andres Martinez was born on July 7th and is forever 21. Jessica Lynn Zerlon was born on July 9th and is forever 30. Stephanie Waters was born on July 10th and is forever 21. Ethan Barkley Weberpaul was born on July 10th and is forever 18. Charlie Rhodes was born on July 10th and is forever 9. Eduardo Martinez was born on July 11th and is forever 19. Clifford Patrick Keenan Jr. was born on July 11th and is forever 24. Norma Gomez was born on July 11th and is forever 12. And Eric Breslow was born on July 11th and is forever 25. Hagen Jones was born on July 12th and is forever 20. We celebrate with each one of these families the day 
that these children came into the world, we know that is such an important day to us and it always will be. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday shared with the other listeners, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays, fill out that form with the information needed and send it in. And I would love to be able to celebrate your child's birthday with you the week of his or her birthday. I want to close this episode by speaking over you what I shared that God spoke to me that first year. Do not push yourself right now. There is a timing and a purpose. Don't try to force things with the things good Christians are supposed to do. You are still wounded. God does not have those kinds of expectations on you right now. All he asks you to do is keep coming to him. What you do with the rest of your time is pretty much up to you. Relax, read, sleep, go for walks, do a little work. You are okay. It is all okay. You are still having a hard time not doing and just being. Don't make the mistake of pushing yourself and putting yourself on a schedule. Just enjoy being who you are and enjoy being free. God loves you with a fierce love. Rest in his totally abandoned love for you. And don't think about, concern yourself with, or worry about anything else. Instead of feeling guilty about being free, you should be feeling guilty about trying to do what you think others think or expect you to do. Be free in your time spent with God. Be totally and completely free to learn how to rest. Let Him do the work for you. So I I speak that over you. I hope you receive that. And as you learn how to rest in Him and to just be, remember to hold on. Pain Jesus. There is hope.